Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Legends of the Spire. It's Dave here, thanks for coming along. Uh, now, over the past couple of weeks, uh, I've had a bit of a lack of player interviews just because I've been on holiday and I've started a new job as well. Um, so I'm starting recording these again now. We've got a whole bunch of them lined up. Um, so you'll hear from some really interesting players over the next few weeks, so definitely something to look out for. Uh, but in the meantime, I thought I'd do something a little bit special. Uh, you may have seen the 95 playoff video that I did uh, a while back. That was a compilation of some of the interviews of the players involved in that playoff winning season. Uh, so I thought I'd do something similar again. This time it's an FA Cup semi-final 25th anniversary celebration. I'm really lucky over the last year to have spoken to a bunch of people involved in those in that match. Uh, we've got John Duncan, Jamie Hewitt, Mark Jules, Lee Rogers, Tom Curtis, Andy Morris and Tony Lawmer all featured in this episode uh, in which they share their experiences of that epic game against Middlesbrough. It's also a bit of a plug for the latest bit of merch that we have coming out. This time it's this beautiful A3 print uh, that celebrates Jamie Hewitt's dramatic equaliser late on in the game. It's A3, looks absolutely gorgeous, done by the amazing people at Graphic Bomb um, and really captures some of the emotions of that match. They are available on my Etsy store. I've got an edition of 119 and Jamie Hewitt's going to sign them too. Uh, a whole bunch of them have already been sold, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and we'll be getting those out in the post over the next couple of weeks when they've all been signed. Hopefully I can give some of the proceeds to a local Chesterfield charity too. Uh, so there'll be more news on that if you follow me on our social media pages. So we are Legends of the Spire uh, on Facebook and Spire Legends on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but here we are with the latest episode of Legends of the Spire. We are looking back right all the way to 1997 as we have a 25th anniversary celebration of that epic semi-final against Middlesbrough. I think it was everything. It was the it was the club, the players, all the staff, and the fans. Everything was sort of driving us on in the FA Cup. It was the fans were a massive part of it. I mean, as I say, we had a few nights out, and we'd go out and have a beer with the fans and a lot of the players and mingle with the fans at that time. And it was a big that was a big thing for for everything that got they they played as bigger part in the cup run as we did in a way, sort of with the energy they produced through the town and through the club for us. It was uh, it was an amazing time. It was just a number of fairy tale time really yeah. for footballers for me from Chesterfield and lower league footballers to go on a run like that. The town was buzzing, you know, the whole town was buzzing. It was just so cool. Um, you know, you had you had you know, people making cookies and Chesterfield FA Cup cookies in the bakers and you had like um, Chesterfield flags outside the, the, the you know, the, the, the clothes shops. Uh, I can remember people queuing for tickets all the way down the, the road outside Saltgate. There's a real buzz and real good uh, feel in the town. So I think, again, the purpose of, you know, clubs like Chesterfield is to, you know, they're the hub of the community and, you know, Chesterfield, for sure, at that time was was a big part of the town. The club was a big part of the town. Obviously, at what point did you think, oh, there's something something happening here? 
because well, we didn't have many cup runs, did we? Uh, but if you look at all, if you look at the programs from the FA Cup, I said Wembley, here we come, right from the start. But I just got that wrong. Um, and I had a feeling we'd have a good cup run. A, we hadn't done particularly well in the cup, and B, we had a team that, you know, nobody, we're not going to lie down anywhere here. Um, and we had pace and power to score. So, you know, it wasn't a shock if, if, if we won, you know, you don't win every week, but it wasn't a surprise that we were doing well. Mm. Well, that team chopped and changed all season because we had a quite a strong squad. So it chopped and changed all season. And I think Viv Anderson must have came to about four or five games, I think, of ours before we actually played and. And I think he, his report was he's got not to worry about. They're not that great <laughs> and stuff like that. And then, but John was John was holding all the um, big hitters back. And then as soon as it came to the game, everybody was fit. We knew it was game plan. We knew what we wanted to do. We knew what we were good at. We knew what we weren't good at. And um, I think we just we just we just caught him off guard. It's like over two hundred and fifty years of football between them. It's the first FA Cup semi-final for both Middlesbrough and Chesterfield. Only ten years ago, they were rivals in the same third division. Now a huge gulf in both financial and playing resources. Middlesbrough from Millionaire's Row. Chesterfield, the ultimate in underdogs. But they're out to make this the most surprising FA Cup semi-final of all time. Went on to... Wembley, so a unique achievement is within Chesterfield's reach this afternoon. They're in the blue shirts. A romantic feel to the semi-final provided by Chesterfield, there's no doubt about that, but their football has a real pragmatic feel to it. They'll get the ball forward quickly to the tall Morris and Davis. And they do have terrific self-belief. Look at this for self-belief from Mark Williams. So, so going into the Middlesbrough match, how do you how do you plan when you're coming up against Janino and Ravenelli and <laughs> people like that? Well, with, with two plans, would the, the plan to mark Janino man for man with Josie, or we just stuck to the back four that we had and. Um, you know, try to pass them on and deal with them in, in, in that way. Um, so that was the, the two shapes that we had. Um, and we used them both <laughs> in the match. We started with the back four, but it didn't take long to work out that we better get a hold of this Janino a bit more than we were. So we went into the second option, if you like. Mm. When I spoke to John Duncan, he said... For the Middlesbrough match, we had a plan without you, Mark Ingenino, and a plan with you, Mark Ingenino. <laughs> and this, we started with the plan without you, Mark and him, and then very quickly <laughs> changed. Yeah, yeah, changed. Um, I keep saying, obviously, we had the uh, he had Ian Dunn in training. You know, like I had to do a we practiced whether you need to practice or not because I've done it. I've done it quite a few times before. But we had Ian Dunn in, in training, and obviously, I'm leading up to the game. Because like I said, he was very, 
he'd look at every nook and cranny with John. He's, he's like really good in that way tactically. And obviously he'd have me, Ian Dunn, uh, running around with the ball. I'd be chasing him in train, but obviously it's not the same thing, is it? Janino, Ian Dunn, even though I, I like Dunny, but it, not not the same name, same thing. And I think it's probably because he was just getting on the ball. And I think what John had seen as well, I think if I remember that season, to so a couple of teams that nullified Janino, do you know, because they had man markers in him that season. I actually remember that, I can't remember uh, which teams they were, but I, I do know they had some man markers in, in that season and they'd done quite a decent job against him. The last kick of the first half. Chesterfield began confidently, then Brian Robson's team really started to get a grip and fashioned a good number of chances. Chris Perkins clearing off the line here. Other scares. Steve Vickers might have done better with this header. But then, David Ellery not shirking his refereeing responsibilities. Kinder, who had been booked earlier in the half, tugging back Kevin Davis. The red card was inevitable. And Chesterfield coming off, knowing they've got a great chance of reaching Wembley. But at half-time at Old Trafford, it's Middlesbrough nil, Chesterfield nil. Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister and Mark Schwartz are our guests here at half-time, who has won before the game, were of the opinion that Chesterfield couldn't win this game. Have you changed your mind, Steve? No, I still haven't changed my mind, but uh, it's going to be difficult for Middlesbrough now with, uh, with down to ten men. But uh, they've had chances and obviously haven't hit the target, as the statistics show. Obviously, it's the most iconic goal celebration <laughs> ever with you. <laughs> which is yours, which is kind of this nonchalant kind of uh, celebration in that game against Middlesbrough. Um, <laughs> did, did you, I mean, uh, do you ever at, at points like that imagine yourself scoring in games like that and imagine what you're going to do? You, you, you do imagine it, but you never think it's going to happen. But you, you, you imagine also, I imagine myself winning the lottery, but you don't think it's going to actually happen. Well, it's no exaggeration to say that Chesterfield have the opportunity here to make this the most famous FA Cup semi-final of all time. Dyche. I've just got to keep doing what they were doing, Mark. I mean, I don't like the way they're just popping it about. Why stop playing it in there and put them under pressure? I mean, that's the one thing. When they start to believe they can pass it about, no. They've done all right the way they've been playing. Carry on doing it. It was a good little rounding of the keeper as well to be brought down for the. For the <laughs> um, well, I got through, and I thought to myself, "I've got to be sure of this. <laughs> if I if I just hit it, it saves it. I'm just going to make myself look a mug." 
So, and there's not there's not many chance. I don't think we're going to have many chances against this team because they had a, they had a stellar team of stars in their team. So um, I thought, well, I'll I'll just try and take it round him, and then as I took it round him, he caught me, he caught my legs, and I thought to myself, well. Ain't, ain't quick enough to stay on my feet and try and put it in, I'll just go down. And then obviously it gave the penalty. Ravanelli twisting it back to Janinho. Great stop by Hewitt and Morris. Can he hold off Fester? Still Morris. It's terrific play brought down. David Ellery thinks and gives Chesterfield the penalty kick. And I was talking to John Duncan an hour before the kick. Shouting Dykes, I think. He's shouting to the captain. They're all looking at each other. Come on, who wants it, lads? They're looking around. Someone step up. Put your foot through it. Now, this is the incident. First time, muscles out. Keeper goes to ground. I think the goalkeeper's unlucky. I have to say. I think the big lad earned the penalty. Well, let me tell you, Tom Curtis scored against Forrest from the penalty spot to win the fifth round tie, but he's missed two since then. Captain and he's passed the responsibility to the captain. Well, if you're not sure, lad, the only ones I can offer that, just smash it. Sean Dyche. He smashed it all right. Chesterfield lead. Middlesbrough by two goals to nil. So when we got to the semi-final, I was really still on... I suppose in many ways, I was still on penalties because no one really had, no one had scored a penalty or even taken a penalty in between the two. So um, I've watched it back and you, there's a, we get the penalty and Andy Gray goes, Tom Curtis is on penalties, but he's missed the last two and it zooms in on me and then it zooms in on the gaffer, on, on uh, John, and he's going, Daichi, Daichi, Daichi. And like, I bought the ball, I'm looking around and, and fortunately Daichi's come and took the ball off me and he smashed it down the middle and he, he scored. So I was on, I was spot in many, I, I think I can't remember, but I think I was probably on in inverted commas penalties, but John was... Pretty keen for Dyche to take it when um, when he did, and probably it's a good job. Would you have done that? If I suppose you don't now know now, but would you have uh, done the same? Would you have just smashed it? <laughs> I think so at the time, yeah. But I tried to smash against Peter, and I smashed it over the bar. So who knows? <laughs> well, it wouldn't have gone over the stand, I suppose. At Old Trafford. Well, it would have to be a, uh, no. be a really bad one to go over, <laughs> over the stand at Old Trafford. Yeah, got funny. Yeah, like it's funny that like you say about going over the stand, Willow. Um, Mark Williams always, always tried to. He, he saw it as a bit of a um, a challenge to clear clear the stand, you know, in the game. So he, one of his clearances had to go in the stand, and he and he um, he said, I can remember him saying before the game against Old Trafford, I'm like, walking around, I'm going to clear the stand, I'm going to whack it over the stand, and he and he had some good goes after. I don't think he made it in that game, but it was so funny. He's like one of those things you you sort of laughing about during the game. When he smashes it as hard as he can directly upwards, and you know what he's trying to do, so yeah, it's funny. And and we had um, Tom Curtis on. He was talking about how um, when when the penalty was awarded, and he <laughs> picked the ball up and he heard you <laughs> shouting, "Dice!" Was that was that something that um, straight away you thought, "Dice has got to have the ball for this one"? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't want to tell anybody. Tom had taken them, but he'd missed a couple. He got the big one against Forrest, obviously. Mm. But, um, and I didn't want to say to anybody before the match who was taken it. I thought that would be too big a burden for somebody to have 
so I didn't, we didn't decide that. But I knew who it was going to be, but uh, I, I just uh, relayed it on when, when the penalty was given. Emerson and Blackmore for the chance to pull one back. Ravenelli has done it. Emerson's ball's a super one. Look at this. Very strong side, but he plays a great ball in. That's great delivery. And Ravenelli just muscles his way in. He knows any touch on this. And I'm going to score. And that's what he gets. Not the most convincing of touches, but a most important one. Ellery, he bottled it twice. He should have sent Clayton Blackmore off. Second bookable. He didn't do that. And um, that one when um, the... The ball, obviously, it went over the line, but at that time, nobody knew what was going off. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, ball's in the box, nobody's blew anything. I'm going to I'm gonna um, see if I can knock it in. And then Fester jumps on my back and he gives them the free kick. The linesman's already gone to the halfway line, given the goal. So there's like lots of little things you think, Jesus, it just transpires against you because that would have like put us 3-1 up, 20 minutes to go. They've got... 10, 10 men, which should have been nine men. Mm. And um, you just think to yourself, I'll tell you what, what, what can you do? They, 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 the gods are against you, everything's against you, yeah. This is Davis. Hewitt is there. Comes for Howard. Can they get another one? Off the other side of the bar. Leisman's flagging on. has got the flag off. He's given the goal. Because he's given offside. This Leisman was flagging and then ran away to halfway line. What was going on there? Is someone offside? No. He's certainly not offside. Fleming's playing him on. Now, does this cross the line? The Leisman said it did. It did. But it's not been given. Well, Alan Sheffield on this near side put the flag up got to look at it again well this is it Mark as that's played in you can see he's not offside the flag's down you see the linesman at the top of the screen flag the referee what is he doing blowing yeah and there's obviously like like as you mentioned there's a, a bittersweet element to it to it isn't there with the with the disallowed well the not given goal yeah um but I don't know. Looking back, is that still bittersweet for you, or 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 if you kind of settled with that now? Um, it's a, a little bit, bit, still a bit like that because another Wembley appearance in an FA Cup final would have been would have been amazing. So it is, it does grate on you quite a bit because you can't understand what they're thinking. It's it's it just it just beggars belief for what they're thinking. On why they didn't, well, the linesman gave it. The linesman ran off. He gave yeah, it. Yeah, he ran off, didn't he? Back to the. So, why he didn't keep his flag up and call the ref over, I don't know. It wasn't a time where he sort of surrounded a ref and like they tend to now. And it wasn't a time we didn't do that. We thought, all right, must have seen something, got on with it. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough one sometimes to look at and, um, and take. And this time it hasn't gone Chesterfield's way. And here's Janinia. Penalty for Middlesbrough. 
Yeah, yeah, well, it's incident game. upon incident here. What a game. Full of incident. But Sean Dice, the skipper. And Janina looks to push it past him. Well, is he in the box or not? It's half blocked. I think both penalties were kind. Kind to the attacker and unkind to the defenders. The goalkeeper and Dyche. I think they're a little unlucky that penalties have been given against them. It's Craig Hignett to take it. And Middlesbrough who looked down and out, 2-0 down, are back at 2-2. And they've done it with 10 men. Well, it's not the best penalty I've seen, but it's in the net. And as far as Craig Hignett's concerned, that's the most important thing. Goalkeeper goes the right way. And I think it's because it's near to him. Actually goes under his body. Look at that. Goes under his body. Had that been a couple of feet away from where they saved that. I think the biggest thing what people don't realise, I was booked within the first five minutes, you know. So I was running around for because I didn't mark him in the I didn't mark him in the um extra time, which is over the 90 minutes, because I think Perks had got cramp. And I don't know why Darren Carr ended up marking him, you know, in, in the extra time. I don't know why he did that. I just, I just, might because he just wanted the shape, you know, dropped me in at left back. Um, but yeah, I, I had to chase him around for 90 minutes and I was on a yellow card. And obviously that penalty uh, that wasn't a penalty, you know, with Daichi, I've had, to, if you look at me, I've, I've had to go like that because I know if I'd have brought him down just outside, I'd have had, I'd have been, I'd have been off. So I'm probably thinking to my head, what would have been different, you know, if I'd not received that yellow card? But I think don't think John remembered. I yeah. think even John remembered I had a yellow card within the first five minutes. I think it was against Hignett. Uh, I got, which I'd only had two yellow cards in my whole whole career, I think, as well. Janino teasing and taunting again. Ravanelli. And your and your your goal in the in the Middlesbrough match, it's I don't think you get enough credit for for how technically hard that head because it's it's bounced, hasn't it? And it's coming back up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, was that tricky? I obviously, I obviously get a lot of stick for it, saying, "Oh, it just hit you on the head." <laughs> um, and I promise you now, I did mean to head it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. It was, basically, it was the pace on the ball. I mean, if you look at the cross in off Chris, it was a phenomenal cross. Because, again, we're talking about big pitches. The Man United pitch is a big pitch. Old Trafford mm. is a big, wide pitch. And uh, Chris, if you look at the angle he's coming to the ball, you think how he generated the power to get that ball in there was um, absolutely amazing. And the surface is obviously second to none, being Old Trafford, and it just skidded off the surface. It really took off the ball had the pace on it when it came through. It skidded off. And I just, it was one of those where it's like, it's like a lot of goals. You just, I had the momentum of the run, which helped me sort of not curse Fleming as I went up for the header. It made me look really strong, which was quite good because we're never the strongest player. <laughs> but uh, the momentum just took me into him. And I, it was one of those surreal moments where I could see the ball all the way. I just saw it all the way and where you talk to head the ball right on the front of the forehead, that's exactly where I caught it. And as soon as I headed it, 
and it hit me as say exactly where where you where you'd want the head, header to hit you. I'm thinking that's got a chance. I'm thinking that's not far off. And uh, the rest, as you say, just sort of it was slow motion. It sort of just looped over Ben Roberts, and uh, it was um, it was probably in the top corner, I think, because it because it looped in. Good early cross. Very good early cross. Kewitt! Jamie Kewitt! The lad from Chesterfield has equalised for Chesterfield in the 119th minute. Last Sunday, three minutes to go. Leicester equalised. Seven days later, what can only be a minute to go? And yet again... They find a way through, and it's a hopeful ball up. They allow it to bounce, but look at that for a header. That's just unsavable. You don't save it. It's as simple as that. Ball played in, they don't deal with it. But look at that for a header. Jamie Hewitt. Well, you could not in a million years have envisaged a match like this between sides. Sean Duncan even loses his glasses in the jubilation down on the Chesterfield bench. When the glasses went flying, <laughs> were they your glasses? They it turned out no, you wouldn't believe it. Somehow or other, on the bloody cup semi-final, I'd, I'd either left the, my glasses in the car or something and, we in, and they discovered it in the, on the bus on the way to Old Trafford. Um, but... Kevin's eyes were similar to mine on the defects, and so I, I borrowed his spare pair, and it was them that went flying. <laughs> <laughs> nil nil at half time, 2 2 at regulation time, 3 2 halfway through extra time, and in the nick of time, Jamie Hewitt. Chesterfield and the FA Cup. And the Borough are going to put their supporters through every emotion there is before they finish this season. A wonderful day out for John Duncan and Chesterfield. 3-3, the equaliser, 65 seconds from the end. Extraordinary afternoon at Old Trafford. So much to talk about, to look back on at Old Trafford here and in the Premier League today. Just before we see this, let me tell you what David Ellery has had to say about it. He says he disallowed this because of an offence by a Chesterfield forward after the ball had come down off the bar. Let's have a look at it. Can anybody... And keep your eyes on David Ellery on the far side there. Can anybody? Steve, I'll give it to you. Can you see an offence here? No well, whistle yet. Well, look, he's, he's pointing at Fleming there to say that. He's saying everybody's on side. No, as he cuts back in here, he hits it. And you have to say that's, that's a it. over the line. That's it. And now he gives the free kick. Now's the free kick he gives. I don't, know how he, I don't know how he gives a free kick either because of it's going to go. But um, it's an unbelievable decision, and I think Andy was—I think Andy was correct when he said the linesman ran away with his flag up, thinking it was a goal. You can just see him at the moment. Look, he did go. I watched him as well. Well, that's in, isn't it? Yeah, then yeah, he's flagged yeah, there. Flagged. And that's an offence. It's a penalty, isn't it? Well, I can't see how well there's any foul or whatever, but I think the main issue is that the ball has crossed the line. And, th and there's no way. 
we'd have let a goal in after like 30 seconds in the final, like Middlesbrough. I, I, no, no, we, we, we were in Jamaica. We were fortunate that um, um, Norton Lee took us to Jamaica. And um, so it was like nine o'clock in the morning when that game came on. And I think maybe two people might have watched it in the squad. We just looked at it on TV and just went, got a drink and then just walked, walked out somewhere and went to the pool or went to the um, went to the um, beach. And um, yeah, and couldn't put, like I said, 30, now we were conceded a goal after 30. So we would have given more of a game. It would have been, it would have been a better game if we would have been there. Yeah. Hey, because people, people say, I kept saying like, well, what if you lost, if you'd have lost 10-0 to Chelsea? And it goes, I don't, I don't give a damn if you'd have lost 10-0 to Chelsea. I would have been in FA Cup final. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty certain we would have shown up, shown a better game than what they did. I loved every minute of it. As a as a fan, as a football fan, the what, what, what John did really well, the, the disappointment in being of not being substituted the day before, got you got out of your system, so you woke up. And we're a team, you know what I mean? We're a squad. You do things together. And I looked at was I my moment was was Wembley. Do you know what I mean? That was my moment, you know. Um and it was somebody else's turn you know and you know and I just thought well be a man we'd be gracious you know what I mean the team and I just remember celebrating every goal and I um when Sean scored the penalty I remember looking at the you know the scoreboard and we were you know you just looking you think yeah we're two and in the semi-final of the FA Cup yeah you know yeah, yeah. um so yeah it was just it was a fantastic experience I mean on the bus to the ground you know people seeing people on the streets and and then getting into Old Trafford and being best part of full and you know, Chesterfield having half the ground. It was just the noise. You know, I mean, as I remember walking down, I remember walking down to Tusslane, I was almost in tears. It was brilliant, you know, the, the whole atmosphere was fantastic. I mean, don't think Kev, they took me in the squad, you know, and I didn't know whether I'd get on the bench on the day, you know, it was just one of them things. I think, uh, I'm not sure if Daz Cow got, got on, I think he got on the bench, I think, on that day instead. Um, but just being involved in it, I mean, tremendous run, and, and you know, and could have, you know, it could have been, uh, could have been through to the final. To be fair, like when you think about it on day, but uh, great, just great sort of period for club, you know, and, and and for fans and everything to get to that, it just just unbelievable, and just to be involved with it, you know, as I say, never go out of my, you know, it's in, it's in my mind all the time, you know, about being involved in, in the club at that time. And it was just fantastic for the fans. It's just like I say, it's just a shame we just couldn't have got it on the day, you know. But uh, but great memories and you know, unbelievable, fantastic. And you don't you get back once in a lifetime, don't you? That sort of thing, you know. So uh, brilliant, like I say, fantastic memories, and I'll never forget it. Yeah. So who who were you sitting with at uh, at Old Trafford? God, I can't I can't even remember. I think it might have been. It might have been Steve Gorn, Gorney or something, a few other lads, but uh, just I just remember you just jumping up all the time, you know, every time, you know, we scored and that. It was just, it was just unbelievable. I mean, like I so said, even with John, you know, his glasses flew off and stuff or whatever. I think they were Kev Randall's glasses, actually. I think he'd forgot his own glasses, so he borrowed his off him. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was um, unbelievable. And uh, like I said, something that, you know, the lads can cherish, like, you know. Yeah, and that'll never... That'll kind of never happen again, will it? A, a team, you, you can't really see the FA Cup nowadays. Um, 
having a, having a team from a, a lower division getting that. Far. I can't. No, no, I can't see it happening again. And and a semi final like that, really. I mean, we're all obviously in Chesterfield. We're a little bit biased towards it, but it's it's going to be if not the best, one of the best that's out there semi-final-wise. I know there's been some great semi-finals or whatever, but for a, a League Two team and a Premiership team with the array of stars they had, OK, not doing the brilliance in the Premiership that season, but they still had a, a lot of talent and a lot of money spent in that team. It, there was, I don't think there's anything the game was missing. They just allowed a goal that might have done the fairy tale and took us to Wembley and sending off and then them coming back and then us equalising. and it's, it's just, if that was probably on the big screen, the people wouldn't say, well, that's a bit far-fetched, that game. Mm. Because of what it had in it, it was just, and to be there sort of on the pitch, I mean, you, you're doing your job on the pitch, you don't notice the severity of it so much when you're on there, but when you watch it back or clips of it, it's goosebumps, you know what I mean? It's, it's amazing. Mm. 